Hey, it's Friday. Welcome to the coaches meeting. That's the coach. What's I'm good? And the question today for the people in the meeting, which is all of us, is uh, 49ers head coach Kyle Shannon smart or clever? We're going to get there. I want people in the class in the meeting to think about this. Is he smart or is he clever? And what is the difference to you between smarts and cleverness? So we're going to get there. We're also going to talk about Brock, if he's good enough to, you know, beat Cincinnati with no tr uh, practice. But first, let's start with the scapegoat of the week, Steve Wilkes. Mm. Is Steve Wilkes the 49ers' biggest problem? I mean, he came out yesterday and spoke to the media like he was one more bad game away from getting fired, man. I mean, wow. He really fell on his sword like no coach I've ever seen. Right. After a game where his defense gave up 22. Previous week, they gave up 19. Is right. he the, biggest, the Niners' biggest problem? No, I don't think he is. Um, I think it's kind of rich how um, everybody's so alarmed about the performance of Coach Steve Wilkes when, quite frankly, I talked about this a couple of weeks ago with him being able to find out the frequency and the cadence of how often he needs to he needs to make adjustments with the new defense that he has and when he needs to make them. This is Coach Wilkes brought a team back that was fired from a head coach and won eight games with them. OK, like Coach Wilkes did a hell of a job and he's class personified for what he does. However, it is it is no mistake that there's a huge delta to cross when you're learning an entire new defense. OK, and when you're coming in here learning an entire new defense and you have multiple starters and contributors to that defense who are no longer here anymore. Right. We don't have Jimmy Ward anymore. We don't have. uh Samson Ekubon. We don't have Charles and Minnie anymore. We don't have we don't have Aziz Al Shair anymore. These are guys that were just on our team last year. On top of it, we're trying to elevate younger players who barely finished the season in Drake Jackson, trying to ingratiate new players on our team like Isaiah Oliver and like our rookies coming in, our rookie coming in in um, Jair Brown. Also trying to ingratiate another pass rusher into the fold in Cleveland Farrell, not, notwithstanding also bringing in with losing depth, bringing in Javon Hargraves and making sure that he understands what this new defense, uh, what, what this new defense is asking of him as one of the top players. And the cherry on top is he's doing all of this without his best player for the entire, um, for the entire camp in Nick Bosa and to Nick Bosa's own volition. He said, man, I need to start working on the run fits and some of the stuff that I did not do during training camp. He said that himself. So for me, we're looking at a guy coming in who definitely has the resume. By We already knew that he was learning a new defense to start. And for where we are right now, we gave up 22 points to the number five offense overall. We gave up 19 points to a Browns team who took the air out of the ball. For what it's worth, in that Browns game, we got two turnovers. We got two picks in that Browns game. We got more turnovers in this last game that we just played, on top of the fact that even with our defense being played, we're still eighth overall. So we went from number one to number eight. This team still, with everything that they need to get better at, if this defense did not change at all, they're still good enough to win a Super Bowl. The, the only thing that works with this team right now is the defense. That's the only thing that's working. Okay, so let's go ahead. I just think it's interesting that the offense is not pointing the finger at themselves. Like Kyle, mm -hmm. he's the head coach, but he's also the offensive coordinator, and he's pointing the finger squarely at the defense. 
And then the yeah. people on the defense seem to be pointing the, the finger squarely at Steve Wilkes, like, ah, you know, we used to be more of a uh, rush four type of team, and these pressures aren't re- really what we do. It just seems to me that no one on the Niners really wants to take ownership for these last two games. And you have all these players that think they're established, that think that they're really great, that they can't be the problem because they had success in the past. And they're mm-hmm. looking around like, well, that's the new guy. You know, yeah. He, he's the new ingredient. We were doing great before he came around. And like, instead of looking in the mirror, Nick Bosa, which maybe he has, and saying, you know what? I'm not playing well. It's not Steve right. Wilkes' fault. I'm not playing well. We need to play. We need to execute better. Um, I watched. I'm sorry, Grant, for chiming in. I watched the last film. The game plan was sound. They weren't executing. They were bouncing off tacklers. Like, honestly speaking, we can point to the play, the processing error of calling a zero blitz with 16 seconds before the half. All right, that's cool. That's cute for you to say it in a soundbite. But as far as the defensive game plan was concerned, the guys were there. They just weren't executing. And to be honest with you, I think that Coach Wilkes maybe is overestimating how physical this defense is because he's putting these guys in a lot of positions to make plays on their own, and they ain't with the smoke. They don't want to get down in the hole and do what they need to do man on, right? And there's a lot of things where, quite frankly, it's not the game plan. It's guys executing. And and I just, I don't see it. I don't see it from a standpoint of, well, all right, let me put it like this. For our, for our fan base and for us to be looking at the defense at this stage of the season as the problem on our team, that's basically saying that you have no faith in the offense and all of the things that we've brought. Brock Purdy doesn't move the needle at all. Christian McCaffrey being on the offense shouldn't matter at all. And our defense basically needs to be number one all over again for us to even have a shot. Now, how realistic is that? Yeah, to me, though, like the one thing Wilkes can't get around is the the lack of pressure. You have way too many pass rushers to have to be like bottom half of the league in sacks and stuff. And I, I, th- there's a lot of reasons. We, we looked into that watching the film. To me, I don't think he trusts his cornerbacks. I think that's where this comes from. He's playing his quarterbacks off because I don't think he really trusts Traverius Ward or Diamador Lenore. Like he is a DB guy and mm-hmm. those are not his guys. He inherited them. Right. We don't really know how he feels. We know D'Amico liked them. But I don't know how Steve Wilkes feels about those corners or his corners in general. And I think he's being so conservative with his corners that his pass rushers can't really make the impact they did last year. Yeah. And also, I feel like um, that that's a very good point. Um, we don't know how Coach Wilkes feels about um, um, about his secondary and also how the genesis of Coach Wilkes. That's up in question. We don't know how succinct and how smooth that transition was. Was he the first choice? Was he somebody that the Niners were pining after? Or is this somebody that they tried to fit a square peg in a round hole because they knew they could get comp picks and they could probably just make it happen with the relative talent that they already have? I mean, that's that's, that's a real so possibility. arrogant, though. We're so it talented is. on defense that we can take anyone. He doesn't even have to know our scheme. He just, We'll just tell him what to, to call. Like, so, well, so Grant. So you don't much. This you is, must not think much of that defensive coordinator position. And now that things are going uh, poorly, you're going to point the finger at him. Wow. I mean, I mean, honestly, if you look at it, they've done it at many positions on this um, team, specifically quarterback. They went up for number three to know, not knowing who they were going to get, and they went and they they spent all of those assets to go up to number three, not necessarily knowing. So maybe they feel it's the same way with their defense. Like, look, we've got a defense that you could literally put anybody in front of them and. You're either going to do well with them or get a job. And I think that maybe 
we need to also start looking at um, if that's the case, Coach Wilkes deserves a little bit of this blame because he took a job in knowing that, hey, there's risk involved. This isn't necessarily my modus operandi. This isn't what I do, but sharks are born swimming. We just got to get it done, right? So a little bit of this is on him, right? You're still a grown man. I'm not, I don't have any problem with, and let's just touch on this. I don't have any problem with Kyle criticizing Coach Wilkes at all. Coach Wilkes makes money, all right? He gets paid to be a professional. But the way you criticized him, how lazy and flat out he was about it, like, that's clever, but it ain't smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, we're going to talk about that. Yeah, so we'll, we'll, go, we'll go with that in a little bit. But also, not only I wanted to just piggyback off of your, um, your, DB, your DB discussion. We we Coach Wilkes may not may not be comfortable with the DBs that he has, but also Coach Wilkes is not coaching the same defense that we had last year. Okay, this defense had Jimmy Ward. This defense had Jimmy Ward, uh, Aziz Alshair, Al Shair, uh, um, Samson Ekubam, Charles Aminihue, and many other players to add to the depth of this defense. That is not this defense. That's not true. who we are. It's true. Talking Head says if the struggles continue, the fan base will hate Purdy for the hope he gave them. This is football. Winning is all that matters, where loyalty is conditional and based on that self-interest of winning. Well, yeah. I, I mean, if he goes into the – if he plays this week and he loses and they're going to the, the bye week on a three-game losing streak that he was – that he oversaw, yeah, people are going to feel a lot different. They'll have two weeks to sort of stew on that. Ivan Tina says people celebrating CMC 16 game with a TD after a loss as if that was a goal for this team. Yeah, great. Now go get a chip. I agree. Yeah, we need to stop talking about that after losses. It's like the Niners lost, but what about Christian's pursuit of history? Like I could not agree with this comment anymore. We get so caught up in not the main thing on this team. Like we care so much about the stupid ass gotcha stats that really don't serve us well. I mean, just case in point, while Everybody is so impressed with just the the after the fact things that you can pick apart on our team, like our roster. Troy Aikman and Buck were sitting there over the game Monday night, lauding over how much we do for our team and how many players that we develop. And we were getting our asses kicked. Like the Vikings were walking a mud hole in our asses. And they were sitting here talking about how great our team is built. It's like, bro, how much longer is that just going to be a joke? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, Ivan. All right, let's move on to the next one. Kyle Shanahan. Is Kyle Shanahan smart or clever? And please explain the difference, the distinction, because there is a distinction. Say that again, Grant. Okay, you got a little something on your beard. Sorry. Go ahead. Is Kyle, is Kyle Shanahan smart or clever? And what's the difference? He's clever. And... The difference is, is that being clever, in my opinion, is knowing how to be tricky, knowing how to be where somebody's not, understanding what's coming and preparing in a way where you can be inside of the gaps of the inertia, be a, knowing the knowing the flow of something and understanding what's coming next and being prepared for it. And obfuscation, hiding in plain sight. Um, that's being clever. But in my opinion, being smart 
is an application of your knowledge contemporaneously in the moment and being able to pull on that knowledge to perform, right? At will. That's being smart, right? Being clever is, and I'll, I'll put it into a, a nice analogy for you. Being clever is going to take a test and finding out the answers, writing down all of the letters on the inside of your hand and holding your hand under the desk while the test is going on. That's clever. But yeah. being smart is understanding that as long as I study and the knowledge that I know, I don't have to cheat and I don't have right. to take the risk that being clever comes with because I can rely on myself in the moment. There's a True. confidence that comes with being smart because you yeah. don't have to overcompensate for, for moments of triumph or success. And right. I feel like a lot of times Kyle has been caught being clever, mm -hmm. right? And we've been sold on clever, but mm -hmm. the moves when they ultimately, when the dust settles and we ultimately see what they give us, you start to understand that, yeah, it was clever, but it was not smart. The moves mm -hmm. and the application of these things were not smart. It was clever it, to block Hassan Reddick with Tyler Croft, but it wasn't smart. It was not smart. It was not smart. It's clever to put most of your money into all of the all of the skill positions on your offense where you lead with receivers and ball carriers and running backs. But it's not smart to have five players on your offense make up for 3% of your cap in four offense alignment and one and last quarterback. pick quarterback. That's yeah. not smart, okay? Yeah. It's clever to go into the free agency and say, you know what? We're going to snatch the best D tackle that's going to be able to rush the tackle on the inside, right? That's clever. But it's mm -hmm. not smart to go and pay a boatload for that guy and lose Jimmy Ward, Charles Aminahue, and Samson Ekubom and kill the depth of your defense, which is the true mark of why no, the, the smart is move so is what Philly did. Let him go and replace him with Jalen Carter on a rookie deal. That's smart. Because they understand. You see what I'm yeah. saying? I feel yeah. as though that a lot of times throughout the year, we get caught up on a lot of the moves that are made with this team. And we think that we're the smartest people in the room. We're so clever. We can be yeah. able to shirk the responsibility. Like right now, trying to go win a Super Bowl with the last pick in the draft and resetting yeah. how people even look at quarterbacks. That's clever. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We got our yeah. guy. Why do that? Let's build around. But it only lasts until you got to run into the truth. You got to run into somebody who doesn't have to be clever. We don't got to fool you. We're the real deal. We're the actual real McCoy. So you can line us up and you don't have to. We don't have to trick you when we play you. We're going to have five D linemen that are good enough to play against you guys across the board. And we're going to beat everybody's ass singularly. You can't be clever with that, okay? You can't you can't run play action and run all of these beautiful actions where let's go to CMC, Grant. Clever is what we've been seeing with CMC this year, okay? Yeah. All yeah. of the obfuscation, all of the great plays, all of the run fits, all of the numbers and the carries, using him as the tip of the spear. But smart is understanding that we're using him at a clip that's even higher than he had in Carolina. And he couldn't even stay healthy in Carolina. And we're expecting him to stay healthy until the rest of the year. That's not smart. Okay. So what are we trading for? Are we trading for to have the coolest one-liners in the room? We want to be cute. We want to be glitzy for now. But when we come against a team who actually runs the basic tenets of football against us, 
running the ball, stopping the run. And we can't even control all of that with all of the name fair and all of the geniuses that we have on our team. I feel like we're getting caught in kicking the can, even with what we did with the $42 million on our signing on our um on our cap for the up uh, for for the cap. Everybody's sitting here like, yo, we got $42 million in cap space. And you know what we did? We went and took the highest contracts and the oldest players on our team and we extended them all. Okay. That's clever because we created this fictitious cap room. All right. But it mm -hmm. ain't smart. We got to no. pay those guys later. Right. And then yep. on top of that, with the room that we have, we got to pay the other guys in Brandon Ayuk and younger guys that are coming up. So what are we really doing? Are we really as smart as they say they are? Or are we just kicking the can and call? Are we saying the chicken salad, turn the chicken salad into chicken shit? I, I, I'm, I'm questioning. Yeah, agree. Um, and it's like he Kyle's good with the script. He's prepared. He's clever. He has a nice opening script. But when he's in the game and something that he's not prepared for happens when the game is close late. Uh, all of a sudden, he doesn't seem so smart. His game management isn't that great. I mean, mm -hmm. what he did at the end of the um Brown's game, like not getting a couple extra yards, you know, like and and then letting Steve Wilkes call that zero blitz against the the uh, the Vikings at the end of the first half. Kyle Shannon yesterday, said yesterday on the uh, radio that, you know, I should have called a timeout. I should have overruled that. Yeah, that would yeah. be the smart thing to do. That would have yeah. been the smart thing to do. But what you did was you let it go. And then afterward, you blame the defensive coordinator like he has final say, which is. I guess a clever way to shirk responsibility, but it's not. It ain't smart. It ain't because smart. You know why it's not smart, Grant? Because now, Kyle, you don't even have the self-awareness to see yourself, brother. Just a couple of months ago, you threw your starting middle linebacker out there to face your fan base on why you got rid of your number three overall quarterback. That okay. happened, okay? Yeah. And you were in the building when that happened. And not only were you in the building, you went and did a pre-recorded canned interview with the radio station. Yep. You did True. that. And yeah. then months later, you can stand there with your chest poked out and say, yeah. Wilkes know he screwed up on that. He know he messed up on that one. That's clever, Kyle. And then yeah. today, you go right on the radio and talk about how, oh, maybe I could have called the timeout again. That is clever for now. Right, it, makes it, it makes it seem like you're taking responsibility, but you could have just done it in the moment and been smart. It ain't smart. Ryan G. Hensley says, sup, fellas? Stop and chase seems problematic. Nah, it's cool. The Niners got Traverius Ward. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's going to be a day. It's going to be a day. Has Shavarius Ward given the Niners what they hoped they were getting when they signed him? No. 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 Neil says, are you still doing that show with Ray Ray? Nah. I'm not going to do shows with uh, with players. Maybe a, a one-off here and there, but I'm not trying to be in business with players. I'm trying to be a journalist. All right. Mm -hmm. Is Brock Purdy good enough to beat Cincinnati without practicing? No practice Wednesday. Limited on thursday which means you know no 11 on 11 team drills and then walk through today mm -hmm. so we had some practice but no like full practice is he good enough to go out and beat joe burrow at home in my opinion yes um we've seen this before brock deserves our grace because even though i'm evaluating brock as a franchise quarterback right not a one and done guy okay so the level of scrutiny is a little bit higher when you're talking about keeping a guy not just using him as a band-aid um, so Brock deserves our grace because of what he did in the previous season in the seven games. But during that short period of time, so much has happened. 
And even one thing that happened was he played on the short week injured and won a game against Seattle. Right. Mm -hmm. That was on the road. It was recorded mm -hmm. that he couldn't even throw the ball during the week. His um, oh, his ribs, his ribs were ailing him so bad that he could barely get through the game. Now, concussions and rib injuries are completely two different things. Right. I mean, if he's literally not feeling up to the task cognitively, then that's a problem. He can't play. Mm -hmm. But mm -hmm. if he if they roll the ball out, I expect Brock to play. I expect him to go because really Brock's issue is um being able to rest which if he's not practicing that's extra days that we're kind of stealing on his arm that he usually would not have gotten so that's extra rest and true and honestly brock's issue with knowing the knowing our offense isn't a problem at all he sees the field so i would expect if he passes through protocol i would expect him to be ready to go yeah i mean I, the way i look at it is this is a, a must-win game for the niners darn near you can't go in. I mean, you'd be five and three. It'd be fine. It'd just be so demoralizing to go into the bye week on a on a three game losing streak. And who gives the Niners the best chance to win? Not Darnold. Yeah, so it's I gotta be thirty. And my only thing with this yeah. is like, again, I want to be real careful here. I'm not a doctor, but man, he just had a concussion like a few days ago, and we've seen mm -hmm. in the NFL players get a small concussion, play the next week, and get another concussion, and it's all bad. So I really hope the Niners are very, 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 very careful here and don't just say, you know what, it's a mild concussion. Brock, give us our best chance to win. Go suit it up. Like, yeah, if he gets I another agree. one, it's all bad. Be careful. That happened to Tua last year. Yeah, I mean, I definitely agree with you on this front. So this is the deal. This is beyond Brock. This is like before Brock was even here. Kyle, Kyle is still on the slab for three areas with developing the quarterback, keeping the quarterback healthy, and scouting for the quarterback position. Those are three things that will not change until Kyle can prove that, okay? And this is one that falls under one of these criteria, keeping the quarterback healthy, okay? So I don't, not only is Brock young, okay, he's a rookie, so he needs to be protected through process of the game, which means that he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Mm. That's a real thing. Brock hasn't played enough to know what he doesn't know. That's up to Kyle to help Brock, save Brock from himself. That's one. Two, also, Brock isn't just a young quarterback who needs to be saved on the field from his head coach with understanding the game from a maturity standpoint, but from a health standpoint, Brock is coming off of a UCL injury, which should be able to protect, which should be height, which should raise height even more for him to be protected by Kyle. And then also three, the physicality standpoint. I'm gonna tell you this right now. I do not wanna see Brock in any more QB sneaks. It's just pointless. I mean, what are we doing? We're a running team with a whole stable of thoroughbred backs, especially with backs specifically made for this. Why are we even playing with fate doing this? Not because it's just Brock, but come on, man, make it make sense. We've been here seven years. He can't keep the guy healthy. He can't keep any of them healthy. So why are we even playing this game? I, I really do not understand why we're doing anything physically laborious with Brock as far as QB sneaks. Really? I'd love to see if they do it. If Brock plays in this game, will they let him do a QB sneak? Or will they bring in Sam Donald for that? Will they bring in a, a non-quarterback for that? It'd be interesting. Joanna Jackson says, according to Dr. Porus, the week after returning from concussion, let alone the same week, there's 63% chance in turnover-worthy plays. I don't know if that's true, but that's interesting. That is. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, I To me, I just feel like if I were a team and I was really all about player safety, I wouldn't let a player play in a game six days after a concussion, no matter how 
mild it was and if he cleared the protocol because it just feels like you're I mean if you have the next concussion it's gonna be worse I maybe I'm wrong well well this is my thing I'm I I'm of two schools on this I am conflicted to to be real with you and the reason why I'm conflicted is because I don't trust Sam Darnold anywhere near our offense in real competitive play (laughs) I I I just do not want to see it um because with Sam it's not a matter of if, but when. It's just when. You know, it's like, when is he going to implode? That's how I really, mm-hmm. truly feel about Sam Darnold. But mm-hmm. also, I do, and I don't want to let Kyle off the hook because we don't know if he's going to let Brock back if Sam all of a sudden gives us three games, right? There's like, there's a lot of, there's a lot of bubbling plates with this that I feel like sometimes the fans, like, we don't, we forget and we don't keep the same storylines, right? We still have to realize if Brock is Mr. Right Now or if he's for the future, as far as Kyle is concerned. I don't trust Brock Brock near Sam Darnold and with an injury, okay? So that's one. But at the same time, I am galvanized around Brock being the franchise guy. If Brock is going to be here for the long haul, you got to protect him. And you could... You could you could break him and kill his confidence if you play him while he's hurt. So honestly, man, I'm player first. If Brock can't I'd play go, Donald. I'd play Darnold. You play him? I, I would play Darnold in this game. I if Purdy is the real deal and he means that much to you, protect him for a week. What's more important? One game or his future? That's real. That's real. I would not play Brock this week. This happened That's on right. Monday. I just don't like Sam Darnold, man. I do not like that guy. Yeah, but uh, Kyle does, man. And you decide to keep him over Trey Lance, so let's see it. This is what a backup quarterback's there for, man. Let's see it. You, you said he could be the next Steve Young. There should be no reason to rush Brock Purdy back. You love Sam Darnold, man. Show us right. why. Mm-hmm. Show us yeah, why. Yeah, he's gonna have to. Um, what do you think? That, what do you think if, with Sam Darnold? What do you think the offense would look like with Sam? Do you think that he would really air it out? Not at first. Not at first. Okay. I think it'd be real. I, I don't know. That's a good question. Like. Maybe Kyle has so much confidence in him, uh, he would, or maybe Kyle's confidence is fake. I don't know. I think I, I I tend to believe that if Sam played, Kyle would try to take this offense back to 2016, where he's airing the ball out. They're running fast outside zone with uh Christian McCaffrey. I, I really think that he would try to air the ball out more because I think that he really trusts in Sam's arm. He does. Be very I interesting. Mean, yeah. Not to go off topic. Let's, let's do surprise picks. Okay. For the Niners for this weekend. Hold on. Let's get the Niners up. Okay. This is what we got. Let's start with Nick Bosa. More than or less than 0.75 sacks. For the year? For the game coming up. Is he going to have a sack or not? 0.75. He could have a half a sack, and that wouldn't be enough. I'm calling no. You're calling no under? Yeah, yeah. Under. Uh, Joe Burrow's gonna get that ball out. Yeah, Joe Burrow's gonna get that ball out. They got their own quarterback to protect in Cincy. That's another thing too. They, they um, I think Cincy has the potential to lose this game because they're gonna try to do what they're really bad at, which the Niners struggle at, which is stopping the run. But Cincy has a horrible run game, so we'll see. I'm going less. I don't believe in. I don't know what's going on with Nick Bosa, <laughs> but I don't think it's happening for him. How about Brandon Ayuk. More than or less than 61 and a half receiving yards. And people More in the than. chat, I want to see what you I want to know what you guys think too. Mm-hmm. Are mm-hmm. More than or less than 60. Than. More, More than. than? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of these, it's one of these non 
national television nationally televised games that he steps up in more. George yeah. Kittle, more than or less than 40.5 receiving receiving yards. Debo's gone, right? Yeah. More than. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna go less than. I still really think, yeah, he only he only turns it on in nationally televised games, man. I know it's a big that is game, true. but it ain't, it, ain't, it ain't big enough for George. I don't think it's big enough. And then final uh, final question. More than or less than four receptions. For George? Yeah. More than. Are you can say more than? <gasps> yeah, I think time. I think he's going to come up because Debo's not here. They got to find a way to start getting that ball out quicker. And I think with CMC and George are going to pr pretty much take over a lot of Debo's reps. Uh, well, a lot of area of the field where Debo usually gets busy. All right. Well, I had three lessons and a more than you had two and two, I believe. If you mm -hmm. want to play, click the link in the description. Use promo code COH and Cone and receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. Let me make this official. Hold on. Place the entry. Now it's official. Oh, wait, we're not done. We got to do one from the Bengals. Got to do I one from the Bengals. Jamar Chase. How about mm, Jamar Chase? He's 82 right and a half receiving yards, more than or less than. More than, yeah, I think so too, man. Sorry, Steve <laughs> Wilkes. Place the entry. Can I pick the same player twice in an entry? All right. Okay. Well, you're out, George. Sorry. See, I, sorry, sorry. There we go. No, yeah. All right. Last topic. That was so smooth. Thank you, Prize Picks. <laughs> are the Niners still the best team in the NFC West? They're five and two. The Seahawks are four and two. They have beaten. The Lions and hold on, who they beat? I don't even know. Hold on, they be, okay. The Lions, the Panthers, the Giants, and the Cardinals. Not a long list of teams that the Seahawks have beaten. Are the Niners still the best team in the NFC West? Yeah, we are. We are. I mean, Why? they beat the Lions, but the Panthers, the uh, well. Number one is is uh, we're still the king. We're still the king of the heat. We went the farthest. We represented the the, the best postseason out of all the teams. Not only did we go the farthest out of all the teams, we actually beat one of the teams three times last year. We beat Seattle three times last year, including the playoffs included. Arizona mm -hmm. is a shell of themselves, and we beat and we beat them notwithstanding. And right now. We're on pace outside. We haven't played Seattle once yet, but we're on pace where we've beaten damn near forty percent of the league th this thus far with one win against Arizona and one against one win against the Rams. So mm. I just I think we're still the class of our conference until otherwise, right? We still got to see Seattle, and I'm on record. A couple of us are. I believe Jesse is on record as well. I think this actually came from Jesse, where he pointed this out to me, but. Seattle's ready for us. It's going to yeah. be a game when we see Seattle, man. I'm telling you, it's going to be a game. That secondary, that rookie that they got, Woolen, yeah. <clears throat> because I feel like that's what beats us. We good D linemen against us. We can play around a good D line yeah. because yeah. a good D line against us, you got to be able to have D linemen across the whole board. Right. And yeah. very few teams are like the Eagles or the Browns, where they got guys from end to end that could really yeah. cause problems for us. But really, where team where defenses really get at us, strong secondaries. Mm -hmm. 
Corners who know how to hold the edge, corners who refuse to be blocked, who are not scared to stick their beak in um, in, in the run game, corners that are sticky and know how to play man. Those are the teams that do really bad for us because those are guys that say, we're not playing zone against you, Brock Purdy. We're not going to let you pick a spot and, and know the answers to the test pre-snap. We're going to play man. I'm going to be on top of Debo, and Debo's got to get open. Okay, Brendan Ayuk has got to get open. And then when you got to get open, you got to find them. And not only do you got to find them, but you got to have the arm strength to get the ball there wherever I tend to be on the plane of the field. So you can't play that way against us unless you have the secondary to play behind you. And the Seattle Seahawks are one of those teams where they have savvy enough corners where not only can they play in pass protection, but they refuse to be blocked in the run game. And if you look at us, that's where a lot of the strength of the physicality from our offense comes from. It comes from the edges. It comes from the crack blocks. It comes from Jawan Jennings and Brandon Ayuk and Ray Ray McLeod blocking on the backside and Debo Samuel getting out on the edges. And we put, we take strong, big players and we put them against smaller players in space. Why do you think we put so much onus on our offensive line and being able to run and being able to get outside? Because we want them in favorable matchups. But when you have to stand pat and play ball and you can't run away and you have players that are fast enough and savvy enough not to be fooled, then it's the clever shit is over. Now we can play ball. Now it's time yeah. to play ball. And that's yeah. the conversation that, I, that I'm worried about for us. Can we really play ball when, it, when we're done fooling everybody? Yeah, because the thing with the Niners is like you have Christian McCaffrey, he, he, but teams have been slowing him down. And then the other guy that has, has been so good this year is Ayuk. Mm -hmm. He's really like you need a really, really good corner to match up with him. Mm -hmm. And the Browns had one. And Denzel Ward pretty much got the best. And and uh, Emerson, they had two guys and they got the best of Brandon Ayuk. I feel like the Seahawks with Devin uh, Witherspoon, their rookie, I mm -hmm. think he can cover Brandon Ayuk. This is a new addition to this team that he, they didn't have last year. Devin Witherspoon, I think that makes him – a lot better. And then adding Frank Clark, I think is huge for them. Maybe, maybe he's washed up, but I mm -hmm. think he's a good player and I think he's going to be perfect for them. I'm not, yeah. I got part of me feels like they are better than the Niners. Maybe not that first round pick that wide receiver from Ohio state isn't doing anything for him. Um, Geno Smith coming back down to earth a little bit, but so is pretty. Yeah. Their game. And that that's see the, another reason why I'm worried about Seattle as well is these are the type of games where when you play a divisional opponent, records don't matter. It doesn't matter where you stand in the season. It really is the rival. It's a one-off. It's it's a point in time. So for me, um, I don't care how good or how bad we are. Like when we come to see Arizona, Seattle, or L.A., it's really about who really wants to win that day, period, right? And Seattle, for what it's worth, even when we were hot, out, outside of the Eagles, <clears throat> who basically ended the game in the parking lot, there's only two teams that came that that showed a sound game plan against us that slowed us down, and that was Seattle and Dallas. Right? Dallas lost, ran out of steam when they lost Tony Pollard, and they really couldn't do anything with us after that. They actually did good. They held our offense to pedestrian performances and points, but Seattle. Seattle had a game plan. They just could not stop the run. They didn't have anybody inside. But that's not who we are anymore, right? I'm wondering when we're going to start running them in between the tackles and start toughening up. But after seven games, I'm starting to ask, do we have that in the bag? 
Is yeah. that something we can actually do outside of closing out a game for a series or two? Can we really put Jordan Mason on the field for fucking 25 touches? Can we do that? No. And I think the issue here is that like Jordan Mason, they don't they don't have a, an offense for Jordan Mason. They mm -hmm. might have a package of plays for Jordan Mason as a change of pace running back, but the offense is geared around Christian McCaffrey, and he's way different than Jordan Mason. And really, mm -hmm. he's different than all the other running backs in the roster. So he has to play all the time because the offense wouldn't work without him on the field. It's all about leveraging what he can do uh, in the yes. run game and the pass game. He runs outside the tackles very well, and he, he runs routes. Like, that's not Ty Davis Price or Elijah Mitchell or Jordan Mason. So now yeah. you've got like all these backups who run a different offense that Kyle Shannon hasn't spent much time developing. Mm -hmm. I really do yeah. feel that way, Grant. Like I, I've been, we've been racking our brain over this. Why aren't they playing these other guys? And it's starting to become quite clear. There's way too much that you have to shut down in the offense just to get production out of JP Mason and TDP. And yeah. on top of it, we don't even have the athletes on the front of the on the offensive line to truly get the best out of them. I mean, you can run outside zone with. With, with JP Mason, but really he's duo and gap scheme. It's like, bro, yeah. let's get downhill with this guy. Do we got yeah. the guards for that? Yeah. Right? Do we got the tackles yeah. for that? I don't think yeah. we do. No, no. Let's take some call. Let's take some uh, super chats and get out of here. Anastasia and Anna says, what's up with only using CMC or pretty passing? When I utilize Mason and Mitchell, Kyle loves injuries, not smart or nor clever. Yeah. We just I mean, it right now. We just addressed mm -hmm. it right now. Uh, mm -hmm. It's the offense. Jad is Jad says, why does Kyle Shen use a wrinkle CMC to the point of abuse? Doesn't take a defensive genius to know they're about to run it with him in the backfield. Everybody yeah, knows. Everybody in the building knows who's getting the ball. George Larmy says, didn't Jamar Chase say he's always open? He's playing his favorite cornerback. I'm just like you, Grant. I'm just a spectator now. No longer a fan. He and Traverius Ward have history. They have great history. He had a day against Traverius Ward his rookie year. And the AFC he Championship game. Yeah, he went off against Javarius Ward. Yeah. They know each other very well. And the Chiefs didn't bring back Ward after that. They were like, we're done. And we're then done. we paid him Thank a boatload of money. So we'll see how that goes. Scotty Dippin says, Kyle Shannon had a meeting of the minds with the OC after putting up 34 and two games. Like, when did Kyle Shannon earn all of this grace from the fans and the media? This window is closing, and this could get ugly very soon, says Scotty. I Dippen. agree with that. I agree with that. I mean, I, I'll say this again. The only thing that is working on this team is the defense, right? Yeah. I understand that we want to gaslight the defense because they're not the number one defense in the in the league this year. True. But there's a lot of turnover what is going on on that defense. And quite frankly, the offense is the one that we've been saying they scored 30 points a game. Those are the, They scored 19 and 17 points against the Browns and against the Vikings, especially the Vikings game like, Nobody wants to talk about how, quite frankly, yeah, Coach Wilkes made some blunders, but we're not going to talk. We need to also talk about how Kyle got outcoached, too. He got outcoached against Minnesota. Nobody wants to bring that up. No one wants to talk about that. Yeah. No. He did get outcoached by Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. Let's end the coaching meeting right there. Kyle, don't let that happen again. Yeah. Yeah, you no. got out coached by the dude in uh, Cleveland. What's his name? Stefanski, and now Kevin O'Connell. Come on, mm -hmm. same coaching tree too. Those are Kubiak's guys. Mm -hmm. Coach, great show today. Great meeting. Thank you very much. Thanks, I like the discussion of the difference between clever and smart. Gregorius Greg says, "Coach and Grant, great show. Do you guys think the defense is soft this year? DBs, D line, even O line." Yeah, I do think our defense is soft this year. I do. I it's think playing our soft. I mean, I think the calls are kind of yeah. soft. Yeah. 
they're playing soft. I think uh, the defense, I think the offensive line, um, they're aspiring to be tougher than what they are, but they got a lot of heart. I mean, I don't think, I just think the defense is just not what it used to be. And a lot of it used to be because of depth. And what I just talked about with tough secondaries that play very well against our offense, ditto for that on our defense. We used to have Jimmy Ward, man. Jimmy Ward was a predator at the def in the defensive backfield. Like, we don't have that anymore. That's a huge loss to actually have a guy that brings that type of physicality and literally erases tight ends. Did you guys see what old boy from Minnesota did to us? That wasn't happening when Jimmy yeah. Ward was on our team. So we got to understand, that's not a Wilkes thing. That's a talent thing, all right? You just don't that's find Jimmy Lynch Ward thing. anywhere. Yeah, no. you just don't find that. That's true. Thanks, Coach. Hold on. What makes a coach a coach? Kyle's an OC, right? Yeah. Coach is a teacher. Yeah. Coach is a teacher. He's he builds you up. He doesn't break you down. Yeah. It's a coach. Definitely. I'm out of here, guys. I'll be back when you least expect it. Coach, good Thanks, to see guys. you. Thanks, Grant.